Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Creating Conversation, the Boards podcast. This week Kate and I are back together again, reunited alongside some of our lifestyle team, Lucy and Molly. Hi. If you didn't catch last week's episode, I talked to our comment team about the treatment of students during coronavirus, which is obviously very topical right now, so I would definitely recommend that you check that out. Uh, This week we're tackling the very inexhaustible topic of body positivity, um, something that's become even more prominent in the last year with the um, wave of lockdowns that we've been facing. And so this week, um, my editor's pick was Learning Not to Romanticise Our Teen Bodies, which was written by um, the lifestyle debt Molly. Um, And we're going to talk about her piece some more, as well as delve further into the culture of body positivity in a social media age. Um, And so without further ado, um, Molly, would you like to talk us through your article? Yeah, so um, in the article, I discussed how easy it can be to compare our current bodies to what they were like as teenagers, which in most cases were obviously naturally smaller than they are now. Um, I also speak about how there's a pressure to have a small body in our 20s, which is similar to our teen self, even though it's obviously completely normal um, for our bodies to develop and gain weight over time. I think it can be really frustrating, um, especially because whatever our size or shape, there's always going to be some kind of pressure. Um, I think especially from social media, um, it can just feel like we can never win. So, for example, like if we're small, um, there's a pressure to be curvy as well. And then if you are curvy, there's also a pressure to be small and not have a small stomach, um, to have a flat stomach, for example. Um, It just feels like a never-ending circle of negativity and in the end I just feel like it all comes down to self-acceptance which is obviously a lot easier said than done but I just feel like the topic on a whole is something we can all relate to and I wanted to do the article because to be honest throughout lockdown especially because I was on my phone so much I realised that I was comparing myself a lot more due to like memories on Snapchat and things coming up all the time and they were usually things like when I was 18, when I first started going clubbing, there'd be pictures from then and it was when I was a lot smaller and I was like bleach blonde. I looked completely different than I do now. And in my head, I was just like, oh, I look so much better then. Um, like it's so easy to compare yourself from when you're 18 when obviously now we're gonna look so different. Um, and I think I have struggled with body confidence quite a lot throughout my life and reading articles like the one I wrote, do actually really help. And I wanted to do that for other people because I just feel like it makes you feel like you're not the only one because I feel like it can. Um, Yeah, and so like to whatever degree, I just feel like it's something we can all relate to. Yeah, I really like that sentiment of like, those articles help you so much that you wanted to do it for like other people. Because honestly, like when I saw that article, I just absolutely loved it. Because it's like, it's kind of a thought that you don't realise other people have of like, oh, I look so much better when I was a teenager. Like I was so skinny. Um, And I was so skinny back when I was like in sick form. And when Snapchat memories come up, it like Mm -hmm. absolutely devastates me. Um, And it's, yeah, I think that's a really nice sentiment of sort of, we need to stop like it doesn't even have to be like we have to love ourselves now it's just like why can't it just be like a neutrality of just accepting that this is what we look like and yeah yeah, I think it's a struggle that a lot of people have that we actually didn't realize a lot of people have we kind of thought we were alone in that aspect. Mm. I feel like one of the things as well is people talk so much about how much you change from like 12 to 18 and then nobody sort of says what happens as soon as you turn 18 yeah and I think then you 
internalize the idea that like then that's how you're going to look forever and then the same as you Molly like I feel like I look back in lockdown at like photos from when we first started uni and stuff and I'm like oh my god I looked so different then like I'm so thin in those those photos and then I'm just like wait I was literally 18 just turned 18 like obviously you do change quite a lot even in your 20s and I feel like nobody talks about that and nobody writes about that so I think that's why it's such a important article absolutely I would say that like I don't know why it is but like um I, know, I think recently I saw a TikTok where um it was like a teenager saying like wow I wish I looked as young as the Bridgerton cast look at their age like this like she's <laughs> oh, only 25 yeah. and she looks like that and it's like but that's how someone that's at 25 look. looks like <laughs> yeah. it's just so bizarre to me that like you're just taught yeah like exactly like you expect that you look really really different over these like x ages when you're a teenager and then you just like level out and then you just mm. suddenly get very very old because that's just kind of how women are portrayed in the media like it's either like it's like this huge swarm of really young women and then just like older women um mm. that tend to not really be cast unless they're yeah. like a grandma or something and it's so <laughs> weird like that as a teenager you just think that like you're either like really skinny and young and then like then you're a grandma and like that's there's no like transition period and it's like really strange to then start going through that transition period where your body is changing quite a lot um and it's just like really hard to come to terms with yeah yeah well interestingly I sorry um I was gonna say I have the opposite experience of this because I lost a lot of weight when I started uni I went from like a size 14 to a size 8 so I like I hate looking back at the photos of me when I was 18 not just because like I was a lot bigger than I am now but just like I didn't really know how to dress like I had the worst haircut in the world at the time which like was just (laughs) awful so like I cannot look back at those photos so I've had the real sort of opposite experience in terms of like way 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 more preferring what I look like now than I did then um which I think is interesting but also like I mean I definitely still relate to what you guys are saying about like body positivity and the the issues that you have of idealizing your teenage body um I feel like as well like a lot of it coming out of lockdown is have you seen all these tweets that it's like I was 18 when I went into lockdown yeah. I'll be 21 when I come out mm. I think people are worried about missing out on such big years of their life and I think when they look back at old photos they think oh like now I've lost my prime of image I've lost the prime of how I dress and I think it's all part of that the young people especially I mean mm. I don't know what it's like to be a 30 year old thinking the same thing about what they look like when they were 25 but I feel like that's a big thing that I've seen with a lot of young people on social media I'd agree because I think like our age is like there's such a big change annually I think I don't know maybe this is just me being young and naive but I do kind of think that maybe once you're past a certain age things do level out with like um who you are what you look like um you don't necessarily like massively change every year whereas like I feel like at university the experiences you're having are so significant and such within a small time frame I felt you do change a lot physically and mentally and I would agree like it's just kind of such a strange age I feel like so many like milestones Mm. in my life are like just getting like squashed because of a lockdown for whatever reason like I had my 21st birthday in a lockdown which is like really really weird because it was sort of like one of those things like oh like when I was a teenager I was thought oh my 21st birthday is going to be like such a huge thing (laughs) and then I just had like dinner with my friends which is obviously lovely but like the fact that I had a limit on the amount of people I could even see on my birthday Mm. was really strange and I think that's it like I feel like 
sometimes it's hard to even with like weight people don't know whether like people are blaming themselves for gaining like lockdown weight but sometimes they might have just gained weight even if it wasn't a lockdown because like your body is naturally growing and changing and then people then taking the burden on themselves for just like your body growing and aging and then like there's sort of a guilt with it when actually it's just like I, I don't know I feel really bad especially maybe for people that like went into lockdown even younger than us like maybe a few years down because like it's such a confusing time to be growing up mm-hmm. um age-wise that like to do that in a pandemic just is so scary yeah I think talking about bo- body positivity um in a university context is quite interesting because like you both said um from like the age gra- age bracket of being 18 to 21 like 18 you are literally a teenager and I feel like it's so mm. hard to remember that that you are literally a teenager and then by the time you come out you are you're so much older and that's the time where your body changes like turning 20 I've definitely noticed it like from when I was 18 in freshers I could eat you know mcdonald's or whatever and now i can really notice it if i do like your metabolism and everything is just changing and because we're all in the same sort of experience whether you're a first year or a third year it's easy to compare yourself within that as well so comparing yourself from when you're 18 is just yeah it's just not productive at all i just feel like it's just really hard um so yeah why is it then do we think that particularly women um often feel that they have to hold themselves to the standard of looking at your younger body because I kind of thought maybe that it could be attributed to what a western idea of beauty is and especially in pop culture I feel like western beauty is very much a young attractive woman um like there's always that trope of like the average looking middle-aged comedian gets with the pretty woman at the end of the movie like there's sort of just like this idea that women's beauty is rooted in youth um Mm. whereas men's beauty is like it can it's like intergenerational like there's like the whole silver fox thing but like no one really finds older women attractive even if there's like incredibly attractive older women out there like Gillian Anderson I think is the peak of beauty but then like (laughs) she's not as like rewarded as someone like Steve Carell who everyone always like talks about how he's aged like a fine wine like I don't know what are your (laughs) thoughts on that I agree I think a lot of it so we had an article on this ages ago by Caitlin Cassidy and she talks about how a lot of it is like related to um how aging in women you know we're always taught like there's a biological clock like if you don't have kids by like 35 37 then that means that you know you've you failed and I think a lot of it is these western beauty standards standards of like what your life is meant to look like that are reproduced in the media films you know how many films did we watch when we were younger where um women had a great career but then the goal was to get a boyfriend a husband at the end of it because they were getting older and I think a lot of it is like aging is taught as something that women should almost be scared of and try and reverse the effects of with creams and you know all surgery and stuff like that but then for men it is like like you say with silver fox that kind of like trope it's like oh they can still be good looking when they're older they can still do this whatever and I think yeah it's kind of weird Mm. I try to like pretend to myself that 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 kind of narrative like doesn't affect me and then I realized like two weeks ago that I just bought an anti-aging cream 
like from, I bought it and I was like oh I need to get on this now it's like preventative I need to do it and then the next day when it arrived I was like why I am 21 I don't need to care about this also like why I don't know I feel like there's sort of like a certain I think a lot of women's beauty is rooted in ageism where it's like women mm. are allowed to have a wrinkle on their face um and yeah it's just really really strange and like I think like I fall victim victim to it more than anyone and yeah I'm still like oh that's such a stupid trope I don't like that's like I I will blatantly call it stupid and then still abide by the rules that it's set out I think it's interesting that skincare is becoming like more and more preventative and more and more targeted towards younger people like anti-aging stuff isn't really aimed towards people in kind of their 30s anymore increasingly I see stuff all the time that's like you're in your early 20s now you need to like protect your skin like moisturize every day which you obviously should do but like the specific like specifically you need to moisturize every day so that you don't get wrinkles so that you stop like having them in the first place which is just so stupid like I'm so young I have so much time to worry about that stuff but um interestingly I think this the kind of opposite phenomenon also exists what you were saying Kate about Bridgerton um and the actress being 25 when she's supposed to be playing someone who's probably about 16 I think so often sort of women in their mid to late 20s are cast to play people who are teenagers and I think that also creates a huge problem for teenagers growing up because you see all these shows you know even things like Disney Channel the actresses are so much older than they actually are uh, sorry than the characters they're playing and I just remember being that old thinking why don't I look like that and it's because mm -hmm. of course like I mean i Obviously, you guys have different opinions about looking back at what you were like when you were teenagers, but I firmly believe that people look better, look way better in their mid-20s than they do when they're a teenager. I think you do, I, I think mid-20s, if not late-20s, are like the peak. So it seems pretty obvious to me that, of course, those actresses playing those teenage roles are really, really attractive. And I think that creates a huge problem with just so many teenagers both boys and girls looking at them thinking, well, why don't I look like that when it's completely unrealistic because like you haven't been through that kind of second phase of maturity yet of kind of not puberty, but kind of that second phase of your body changing. It's so true though, because like, I feel like teenagers are constantly told like, I feel like especially teenagers in social media, like I feel like teenagers no longer look like teenagers anymore. They look yeah. the same age as me. They look older than me um, because they're, because like they're just constantly social media is like a constant performance to everyone all the time and you feel like you always have to like age yourself to look cooler or older or prettier because like it's kind of seen as like the older you are the prettier you are and then there's sort of like a peak and then you get past that peak and then you're too old and because like media focuses way too much on like young women and then so it's like women can just never win because when you're a teenager you, you yeah. look too young and so you've got to make yourself look older and then suddenly you're just too old and you've got to like start making yourself look younger and it's it's just sort of like this never-ending cycle that we're in of like what age am I even it's supposed to be I feel like we're just supposed to be like this ageless being yeah. with like completely smooth skin um size two and like just look perfect all the time whereas men can just like kind of get away with so much more than that um, and it doesn't really matter how old they look because they can still be seen as attractive. I guess we kind of saw it like back in 2012 and like the big Tumblr days when a lot of teenage girls sort of uh, romanticised like all the, like they're all good looking guys, but like you're Benedict Cumberbatch, you're Matt Smith, you're David yeah. Tennant, they're good looking guys, but like 
they were in like they were middle aged, but mm-hmm. then like none of the women in those shows were talked about, and like yeah. that just doesn't really happen for women. And equally, those men are allowed to be like successful outside of being attractive, whereas like mm. for a woman, like it doesn't really matter what you do being attractive is still the most important thing if you're attractive that will take precedence over anything else absolutely mm-hmm. um i think yeah i think a lot of it can be put down to social media currently but do you think that's where it necessarily originated or would you say it's kind of been around for a lot longer than that i think you can it's been around much before that because i feel like when we were even like 14 15 i don't know about you guys but i feel like social media was not as much as it is now you know I don't think I had Facebook till I was like 17 and stuff like that Mm. but yeah like I think TV films all of that and then even before that like it's I feel like hundreds of years like women would the pressure would have been even more intense but I feel like it's just for people of our age it's people internalize it younger because you're interacting with TV and films and stuff younger and Mm. I do I feel like it's really true that you can never win because I remember watching programs when I was 15 16 and thinking like why don't I look as old as these people and now I watch the same programs I'm like I still don't look as old as these people but when you're that age you really do it really does affect you and I think Mm -hmm. I feel like it's probably always been like this and only now are we starting to sort of challenge it I guess yeah absolutely and you said earlier that sort of like in films a lot it's like this very successful woman like isn't deemed successful until she has a man in her life and actually in I think maybe even the first podcast episode I was talking about Bridget Jones which is like my favorite film growing up and then like when I was growing up I would sort of like laugh at her like haha silly woman that's like not happy with her weight and like has a terrible time with her job and like can't even get a man like thinking that she was like the lowest of the low but now I like so want successful. her life. I know. <laughs> like her apartment is incredible. Yeah. Do you see so how jealous. she just walked into journalism? She I'm just waltzed so in. Jealous. She just walked into the office one day. And like it's in like every film. Like yeah. I recently rewatched How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, and she's a journalist again. I don't That's know why. Such all a problematic these... film. But like she's like complaining about this job she has because like it's just it's just silly women's writing I want to write about yeah. men's stuff like politics and like her opening article is like how to solve the Yemen conflict or something <laughs> and it's like really I don't know I don't know why women's success is just tied to men and yeah. all like the sort of like kind of pointing at like your Bridget Jones or like whatever her friend's name is and how to lose a guy who's like some kind of supposed to be ugly um friend that's like man obsessed who's actually a very attractive young woman who's doing just fine I don't know I think there's just sort of like this constant trope that um you have to point and laugh at women for no real reason and it I I just didn't really notice it until I was older because Bridget Jones was like my favorite film growing up I still love it but oh my god, do I wish I had her life. Also, <laughs> Renee Zellweger is still tiny in that film. And the fact that I, mean, I thought she yeah. was big. And I remember growing up reading the book um, and realising I was the same weight as Bridget Jones and being absolutely devastated. Like, oh my god, this means I'm fat. But it doesn't. It doesn't mean that because she was a normal weight, even in the book. And also being fat isn't the end of the world. Is something that's important to say. People have such a fear of being yeah. what they deem fat and that's a huge problem in and of itself that's the thing as well isn't it like in I think that's so problematic from films from the early 2000s tv programs 
but mm. media is the worst thing the absolute worst thing that can happen often to women is being like larger than other women and yeah like, you know what was that program that came out ages like not ages ago like a few years ago in say i can't remember on netflix oh, with, insatiable with that's Debbie it Ryan. oh my yes. god it was like <laughs> a revenge thing because when she was bigger people were horrible to her and it's like well should we really be promoting this as the worst thing that can happen to someone in their life like it's just ridiculous and when you look at tiktok which is like quite a toxic place for body positivity um you can see trends like have you seen the one where it's bodies that look like this also look like this it started out fine but now it's like all these very skinny women just contorting themselves into having roles but then it's still perpetuating this idea that like oh here's me posed looking great and now here's me looking gross and blah, 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 and it's really really toxic because also some of us can't pose the roles away the roles are just there and yeah like, I don't have the beforehand like I don't have bodies that look like no I the roles can't be really posed away and so it's just really frustrating and it feels like the trend kind of got dominated by very skinny and very good looking women um just because I don't know I don't know why they felt they needed to I don't really get why they wanted to adopt that trend that I don't know what do you guys think about that it's also just filled with white people which is a big problem like to be honest with all social media platforms but TikTok especially that like most social media algorithms promote white people just the way they're made um gives precedence to white people able-bodied people um attractive people which is a huge problem because obviously that's excluding a massive audience and a massive amount of representation for other people but also once platforms like TikTok now with the creator fund become monetized it's economically excluding people who aren't white and skinny and attractive and that's a huge issue. Yeah that's actually a really fair point about economically because like that's um people are just like there's being like shadow banned because um mm. their views are being suppressed by the algorithm um and but then it's still the white creators that still kind of come to the forefront and even with celebrities so like um one thing I wanted to talk about was Lizzo recently being cancelled quote unquote because she did a juice cleanse and obviously Mm -hmm. juice cleansers aren't very good for you um they're not a very like they're quite toxic within diet culture but then Lizzo got attacked for doing it um even though she outright said I wasn't doing this to get skinny um I was doing this for my like my insides basically I don't think she should have done it. I think it was um, not the best thing to do. I saw Daisy Mae Cooper came into some serious heat because she was promoting keto on her Instagram and everyone got angry at her for it. Mm -hmm. And I just think people are directing their anger at the wrong thing because it's like why we all know that diet culture targets larger women and preys on their insecurities or their health, quote unquote, but then when these larger women do it in the public eye, suddenly they're the villain for promoting mm. it. But it's just like, if anything, education and support is what we should be giving these women because like, just, I don't know, I think they are the target of this horrible diet culture that's going around at the moment. And I don't think they should be the ones at blame for saying that they take part in it because yeah. we've all probably taken part in some pretty horrific stuff I think just remember we were talking to a guy once and they're like yeah we had a conversation about the Victoria's Secret 
diet I think this is something we've talked about a lot between us but yeah like the amount of videos you still see on YouTube of like a week trying the Victoria's Secret diet and it's so problematic because they eat nothing they like they they're clearly not eating enough and so many of the models have come out since um the Victoria's Secret show ended saying like they didn't have periods for years and I know a few of them are pregnant now but they didn't have periods for years because they were basically anorexic and they just hadn't eaten anything and they were really really unhealthy and I think a lot of those videos even when you watch like models videos themselves like um Romy Street I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation but um she made some videos on like what I eat in a day as Victoria's Secret model and it's very clear from watching those videos back and seeing like what a lot of the models have talked about now that it was a pretense like there was no way that they were eating as much as they acted like they were like to be honest if you talk to models in general they eat practically nothing I mean I grew up dancing ballet and I know um it fortunately wasn't the case for me but a lot of ballet dancers just eat like um cotton balls soaked in vitamins because that's all you're allowed to eat in order to like stay as skinny as humanly possible it's just horrible it's it's honestly like it's something you just don't want to even get into because I think these a lot of these industries put on such a pretense of being really glamorous and like you want to get into them and it's this great life and actually they're so so dark underneath. Um, I feel like the diet culture thing is just a really difficult conversation because I can sort of see both sides because for example with Daisy May Cooper I understand that if she wants to lose weight let her lose weight if she if that's going to make her feel more confident I don't think she should feel she should be criticized for that because I feel like with this diet culture thing people are being criticized for being on a diet or wanting to lose weight when actually Mm. that's okay as long as it's done for the right reasons yeah but also I think for her to promote it and not knowing who her audience are who's looking at it that shouldn't be done because mm. I know if I even now or especially a few years ago if I saw something like that especially if she was like what I thought was what what I wanted to look like I'd be like oh let me just look that up let me see if I can try that because mm. I it, it's such an easy thing like they say Instagram influences and it's definitely true like things like that do really influence people and especially with what I eat in a day videos I've definitely been guilty of watching them out of interest going oh, yeah. oh I wonder what they look like. they they eat to look like that and then I it's just ridiculous when as you said when they're not even realistic it isn't what they eat in a day it might be what they eat in an ideal day but it's not like it's just ridiculous and yeah with um the Lizzo thing I feel like it's very similar you shouldn't criticize it but I think it's the fact that people put it on social media like if she was going to do a juice cleanse fine but it's just that people feel the need to put it out there that's dangerous I no, think. absolutely that there, there is this kind of like constant need and I think there's probably even like a pressure on larger women where it's like you kind of have to show that you're looking after your health like yeah, there's kind of this constant yeah, no, performance yeah. that like unless you're telling everyone all the time that you're like not even like trying to lose weight but looking out for your health Mm-hmm. then you're lazy and like it's all your fault that you're fat and it's like it doesn't even uh it doesn't even really matter if they are and like Lizzo we all know is like an incredibly healthy person I've seen her like sprinting around those stages when she's singing juice and like <laughs> I know that I couldn't do that um and so I don't know I think there is just kind of this strange pressure um and I did quickly want to touch on how body positivity affects disabled people 
Um, so as a disabled person, I've kind of had like a bit of a weird um, relationship with body positivity um, because I think even like the, there's this message with body positivity, like it with the current like progressive movement where of like, it doesn't matter what your body looks like as long as it supports you. And then to have a body that then doesn't support you. It's like, I haven't, then do I have no reason to love my body? Cause like, if I don't like the way it looks and it doesn't look after me very well, then what am I going to do? And then also people claim that like, Body, bodies come in all shapes and sizes and like it's totally fine but then when you suddenly have like a visible problem with you like I had a walking aid or I've had friends um who have I can't remember what they're called but they're diabetic and or they have Crohn's disease and so like they have like visible ailments basically and it just means that like then all of a sudden you're a laughing stock and like you're often the butt of jokes um people online make fun of you um your friends make fun of you and it just like happens you can't really hold them accountable to it because it's just kind of ingrained in culture but it's like people will gladly say oh we'll accept anybody any size and then they just don't when it's not when it's like an imperfect body that can't support itself so I don't know um, I think that's interesting you say that Kate and I think as well I feel like there's an added thing with people that have disabilities where it's just associated with aging and then as soon so you've got a disability and then people interpret it as oh well you're just the same as like an older woman then so the, yeah. not represented in the media you know it's yeah. like oh you well you're not pretty anymore you're not fit for the purpose anymore I feel like that is a lot of what you see in the media about people with people with disabilities and stuff absolutely I feel like even just in my personal experience the amount of jokes like I get so I have arthritis um as one of my disabilities and I get that it's often associated with old people like I've heard it before but like it's just always a joke whenever I tell people that I have it that like I'm an old person or that um I'll have people say uncomfortable words associated with disabled people because they think because I'm disabled they kind of have the free card to talk about disabled people however they want um I kind of find that being LGBT as well like you'll have friends just kind of say things that are borderline homophobic because they think they have a free pass because of you um I find that with having a disability it's like you'll have just like constant comments about you being old and withering and um that you can't function and it's just like quite tiring I feel like it's maybe an untold side of body positivity um we may need to move on uh because we're actually nearly running out of time weirdly yeah. um yeah did you guys have any articles that you especially liked from lifestyle this week and why yeah, we've had a good piece from Maddie Hammond, which I thought was kind of, it's quite like a funny piece and also like quite heartwarming about what the next, like the, her last few months at Warwick all looked like with the pandemic, which I'm sure, I mean, all of us are final years, I think. And then I think a lot of final years will relate to like what we're going to lose out on and us not quite getting the university, end of university experience that I'm sure we were hoping for, which is quite a nice piece, I think. Yeah, I really enjoyed one of Amoy's, Amoy Daily's pieces on the damaging impact of Western beauty standards. So it does really tie in nicely to what we've been saying. Um, it was just a really nice empathetic account and people of colour especially are um, excluded from the narrative of this ideal woman, ideal beauty. And um, she actually wrote in the article like a few sort of questions to ask yourself. So she was trying to test like the subconscious biases we have a bit similar to like you were saying Kate about disabled people um 
yeah, I just thought it was a really nice, interesting article. Very personal. It's what I like about lifestyle. Um, yeah, Jasmine, did you want to touch on your editor's pick of the week? Yeah, so I picked um, an article in the feature section titled Talking About Miscarriages, Why is Discussing Miscarriage Openly Stigmatised? Um, and I picked this article because it's something that I'd never really thought about before. So as Shannon points out, both Chrissy Teigen and Meghan Markle opened up about their miscarriages recently. And I think it's something that needs to be discussed a lot more because I think a huge part of the problem is that there's so little awareness for miscarriages. I think it makes it, people think they're a lot less common than they are. And then when they happen, these women feel really alone. Obviously, a huge part of that problem as well is that tying in with kind of other reproductive issues. Um, there is this notion that if, as a woman, you can't provide children, you are a failure, which is hugely problematic, firstly, because it's just not true. But secondly, because it completely reduces the place of women to nothing more than childbearers. And of course, that kind of discourse is also extremely harmful to trans women. Um, so, yeah, I think the lack of discussion around miscarriages is a really big problem. So I'm really glad that Shannon chose to talk about it in that article. Uh, that's great. And um, I'm just going to quickly touch on what I chose as my editor's pick, which is um, what is climate activism burnout? Probably a little different from what other people have um, chosen, but um, I'm just a big fan of climate journalism, so I'm just going to do it anyway. Uh, but I think uh, Simona uh, writes a really great article, um, kind of just addressing that like people don't can often get so exhausted by um climate politics and like it can be quite emotionally draining to constantly feel switched on all the time and it can be quite um tough to deal with 24 7 um and I just think it's a very incredibly well-timed article in a pandemic because like we're all stressed out enough as it is and then we have to worry about the burden of climate change especially when like I feel like a lot of a lot more plastic is being used at the moment um, just for the sake of like for sanitary reasons, mm. which obviously is very important. But it's just quite it can be quite emotionally a burden on us um, if we're always having to think about things like that. And I just think um, I would definitely recommend Simona's article. It's a really great piece and she writes about it really well. OK, on that note, I think that's about all we have time for this week. So thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed. And thank you especially to Lifestyle for joining us. All the articles that we discussed will be in the link in the description below. So please make sure you read those and follow the lifestyle section too for lots of opinions on timely topics and issues. And I will be back next week with another episode and another section. So we'll see you then. And thank you, everyone.